0: is going on everybody welcome back to another episode of koi radio i believe this is number four of this season it's been a while i know the last time we did one i believe it was christmas time so it's been a bit it's really been a bit since we've had a chance to actually put something on the site related to the podcast Now, normally, when we do an intro like this, uh, my cohort, Ryan Quickly, by the way, this is Danny Webster. I don't know if you knew that by now, but usually my cohort, Ryan, would be yelling loud into the microphone, yelling, you know, to get you ready to go, get you ready for this podcast. I am not like that. I just like to be calm and just tell you, hi, how you doing? So hopefully that does not sway you from turning off this podcast. However, as I mentioned, it has been a while since we've done a podcast. A lot has happened. Uh, Vegas has kind of fallen off the map. Actually, no, not has fallen. Vegas fell off the map in February. Things were going downhill. And then all of a sudden, they trade for a guy named Mark Stone. And apparently, all is right in the world. Daisies are blooming. The sun is shining. Everybody is okey So, we've had a lot to talk about. And as I am recording this... Mark Stone signed his contract extension with the Golden Knights, eight years, $9.5 AAV, earlier this afternoon. Prior to that, however, um, I had a chance to get a good buddy of mine, Justin Emerson of the Las Vegas Sun, to do one of these little podcast thingamajigs here. And we talked a lot about Mark Stone, his impact on this team, The Golden Knights' playoff prospects and what the future might hold for this team. Now, if you're wondering why aren't Ryan and I doing the podcast, it's pretty simple. He works a full-time job. He is busy. He's working his ass off doing what he's doing. So I figured I have free time. We haven't done a podcast in a while. Even him and I have tried to figure out, okay, let's do a podcast here, let's do one there, and just the time's never you know mixed up down the later on you know when we find the time especially close to the playoffs ryan and i will have a podcast and we'll probably have somebody on board to talk with us for right now i figured again it's been a while since we've had a podcast it's been a while since you guys have heard either my take or ryan's take whatever the case may be and we wanted to get get something out there for you guys so with that being said the uh, buckle in grab a cup of coffee Hopefully it doesn't require a nap. And sit back and enjoy uh, my conversation with Justin Emerson of the Las Vegas Sun. Alright, we are back for the first time in a while with a podcast. Clearly we don't do enough of these. Um, And schedules permit for me and Ryan to be so busy that we don't even have time to do one ourselves. So, with that being said... We have our very first guest ever on this podcast. Hi, Danny. <laughs> <laughs> Justin Emerson, good buddy from the Las Vegas Sun, good friend of the site. As we are currently at City National Arena, in um, an undisclosed location, to City National Arena. I don't think anybody wants to know where we're porting this, but alas, we are here. We are going to talk some Golden Knights as we also look at our phones, awaiting possible Mark Stone contract extension, which is reportedly supposed to be coming down.
1: Any time, I'm sure, right? It's
0: it's literally going to happen in the middle of this recording. Almost, almost certainly. Well, well, didn't didn't we say that? I I first thought maybe nine o'clock tonight. By the time they were in Vancouver,
1: oh, that could work. It could happen on the plane or something. I don't know. There was that. Was it Sportsnet? (laughs) that reported yesterday. It's probably going to happen today. So naturally, I mean, they like to they like to break news right after the media session, and that's where we are right now. So. I don't know, anywhere from the next half hour until uh <laughs> until about nine o'clock tonight, I suppose it could happen, but well, uh we'll say. They will literally put
0: the video of them on the plane with Mark Stone's contract right there, and he will sign it, they will tweet it out, and that'll be that. Yeah. And only about three people from Vegas are gonna make the trip to Vancouver, so that that'll all work out very nicely. There we go. Um so I in keeping with that being the most relevant news let's start there um vegas obviously making the big play to get stone at the deadline he's played very well you know point total aside he's been playing really well these past five games what does it mean from your view vegas locking him up long term not just for this playoff run but up until i think it's 2026 2027.
1: well i think you've got that that superstar player now under contract like you have a couple of contracts that you know the players are really good foundational pieces of the team Shea Theodore, Alex Tuck, Nate Schmidt these guys are signed you know for six seven years Um, they're good players they could develop into superstars but in stone you have a you have a bona fide star he's a point per game player he's an outstanding defensive player I think that's that's what I've been most impressed with in watching him it's just the play in his own end is terrific it seems like he doesn't make a whole lot of mistakes almost ever. So, um, yeah, I think what you've got now is a player for eight years um, that you can you can build on. And, uh, you know, he's played real well with uh, Stastny and uh, Pacioretty so far. Those guys are signed for a couple more years as well. But, you know, Stone's only 26. He's now going to be a Golden Knight until he's 34. Um, yeah, and you've got, you've got your, you know, maybe your next face of the franchise once Marc-Andre Fleury hangs it up. I think that's the most amazing
0: thing about Stone being – in the lineup already is that hardly any time to be acclimated with Pacioretty and Stasny. He's yeah. thrown into that line, and he, it's just been a seamless fit. That line. And he, line and he didn't impressive. even like that.
1: Pacioretty. Right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Pacioretty that. didn't even get along.
0: Oh, that, that sitcom on the CW <laughs> is coming, I'm telling you. Man. That yeah, thing I, is going to be a ratings I, boom. I, I, it's a, it's...
1: I love the idea that they like legitimately didn't like each other from their days in Ottawa and Montreal, and now here they are, and they're just kind of laughing it off like, who would have thought we'd end up in Vegas together, but right. <laughs> here Paci- they are.
0: Pacioretty it's... scores that first goal, they're all hugging, and I think it was Stone who said, you know, I never envisioned in my wildest dreams that I would be in a celebration with them, and here they are. Yeah, and
1: Pacioretty says I had to put my hands up just out of like, <laughs> self-defense, that... just out
0: of habit. Jeez. <laughs> but that line, you can make the case, that line has elevated everybody else on that team. I don't think it's just stone at this point. You look at just how well the first line's been playing. You look at how the fourth line is, continues to be consistent, even rotating the, in the absence of Carrier, going with Carpenter, Gogosek, whoever, yeah. but that line seems to be the stir, that, uh, the straw that stirs the drink at this point. It, is it more consor- Is there any concern if Stone doesn't start scoring? Though, I, I mean, I know they're winning, and, and you keep it at this even pace for a while, but if, if he doesn't start scoring, can Vegas still find ways to win? knowing that he's not putting the puck in the back of the game.
1: Well, I mean, I, sure. It, I mean, it's it's going to be concerning if a guy that you're about to sign for $76 million yeah. doesn't <laughs> start scoring. I don't necessarily think that that's really an issue that he hasn't scored yet. Like, he has two assists, whatever. I mean, he's, he's, he had to uproot his life and move across right. across the country. So I, I, I really don't think it's that big of a deal that he hasn't scored yet. Um, but, uh, I mean, Vegas has been playing well. I mean, you look at that that Carlson line, has really, you had mentioned it, they've really elevated their game since Stone got here. Uh, the way that they've been playing, I think not having to play uh, quite as much ice time. Like, you look at the five-on-five ice time since Stone got here. It's been that Stone, Pacioretty, Stasny line that's getting more time at five-on-five. So even though Carlson is still kind of listed as the top line, I think that they're playing almost the role of a second line, and that's been able to to boost their play. They're drawing better defensive assignments, and it's and it's been helping them. Patrick, or uh, I'm sorry, Carlson, um, Marcia Show, and Smith have just played a lot better over the last five games, and I don't think that's a coincidence. Yeah, I
0: think one of the things that Riley Smith mentioned to me was that it feels like with the addition of Stone, it's kind of taken the pressure off
1: that line. Yeah, yeah. I, it, I think it's got to, right? Like, yeah. the fact that you now have a true top six, and that's yeah. no disrespect to what Stastny and Pacioretty and Tuck had done for a while because they played really well together, but the new line that has Mark Stone just gives them a true deep top six that can really... They, it's a playoff line. It's what it is. It's an established veteran line, and it's, it's good. Yeah. So, last five games,
0: far, far cry than what we saw in February. I think yeah. they, were, yeah. they were 1-3-1 in, at home before Stone. Not a great look. Not, not a great look. But The last five games, whether you can attribute it to the actual trade, putting a boost into the team, or actually Stone's 200-foot game kind of making the difference, they've only allowed, I believe it was seven goals in the past five games, after I believe it was like 21 or 22 in the previous five. And Marc-Andre Fleury has also only allowed two goals in his past four starts after allowing 21 in his previous five. Do you think it's more so the jolt that Stone is given, or do you think that his play has sort of... It's kind of answer, asking the same question, but...
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think... I mean, Stone certainly helped, uh, particularly, like we had said, in the defensive zone. But I think it's just part of the ebbs and flows of it. Like, they played really poorly at the start of the season, and then they played really well in the middle of the season. And then they, you know, they started they started dipping a little bit, and now they're yeah. playing well again. So I think that that's, like, had they not gotten stoned would they have won five in a row? I mean, maybe. I mean, he has two points, so it's not like he's the reason that they are winning these games. I'm right. sure you get, you know, an emotional and psychological jolt when you get a player of that caliber. But I don't know. I think that it's, I think part of it's just kind of, to be expected, just kind of regressing back out from... Uh, very poor, like you had said, February. And yeah. I mean, yeah, what do you think?
0: I, th- I think that it's definitely more so they needed a wake-up call, and I think that the trade more so woke them up. And, and I think we'll get to the point where we see Stone as an offensive contributor, and it's going to help out the team a lot. But I think, you know, the, When I talked to George McPhee at the bye week I asked him, I said, you know, do you, and I think you asked him the same question about a week prior to when I did but it was more so, do you envision, not even just making a move, but, you know, seeing how the next month unfolds, how do you approach it? Yeah. And he said that, you know, we're going to, everybody's getting healthy at the time. Colin Miller was still out. Riley Smith was out at that time. Yeah. yeah. So they were going to evaluate once everybody got back and see where we went from there. And then they just went on that huge nosedive in the middle of February. So, whether George McPhee wants to admit it or not, he made the trade knowing that they needed to make a wake-up call because they're not going to go into the playoffs with this roster currently constructed and expecting to make another run. So, I definitely think that it was more so a wake-up call to make that trade, and I think the rest of the roster has kind of gotten it in their heads that they're the Western Conference champions. They need to play better. And... At this point, it's working out for them in the fact that Stone hasn't scored much.
1: It Maybe it'll be the wake-up call in the same way Tomasz Tatar was last year. Yes, I'm just saying that they acquired Tomasz Tatar and then made the Stanley Cup final. Whether or not you want to call that coincidence or not, I'm just well, saying it happened. Well, and and that's <laughs>
0: that, that is true. I will also say this: the Tatar trade, I don't even think was as much of a wake-up call as he needed to be as much as Stone was. That that oh, one. Right. I mean, like, they, were ro- they were they rolling, were rolling they last were year. They were rolling. Right? Leipzig was fine. He wasn't. World, but Leipzig was fine, and they didn't really need to make the deal. They thought they needed to get more scoring on the third line, which eventually they didn't get. So, but fortunately, it worked out for them to the point where they were able to make the cup final, and the rest is pretty much history. Um, speaking of the third line, ah, Tuck, Eakin, Peary, Nosek, Carpenter, mishmash of whoever is playing on the left side. I feel – I wrote this the other day that I feel like if you're looking for one guy to be an X Factor in these last 14 games and going into the playoffs, I feel like it's, it has to be Peary because if he starts scoring again the way he did in December, this team is going to be impossible to stop. And Tuck hasn't scored as much as he did early in the season. I think it's hindered on Peary to kind of get his offense going again and get that third line going do you kind of see the same thing
1: yeah I think um, like what Brandon Peary gave the team from in I guess end of December early January I think was something that you can't necessarily rely on mm-hmm. that you gotta be glad that it happened but don't expect Peary to be scoring 10 goals in a 20 game stretch or right. something like that or seven goals in eight games or whatever crazy numbers that he did I think I would agree that Brandon Perry jumping in would be great, but I think that on that same line, getting Alex Tuck back uh, Mm -hmm. would be good too. I mean, there were times this year, long stretches, that Alex Tuck was the best skater on the team. Yes. And the fact that he's now playing, I mean, he was up on the first line at certain points, but the fact that he's a third line forward for this team, I think is a luxury that not a lot of teams have. I mean, I think that this is a guy who's a budding star could be a you know a 60-point guy every season mm-hmm. for the next 10, 15 years. So having him out there and having you know, Cody Eakin center two dangerous scoring forwards like Peary was, like Tuck was earlier this year, I think that's – I think you're right. I think that third line is going to be a big X factor because, I mean, every playoff team is going to have a top six that's good. Mm-hmm. That's just – especially you look at Calgary, you look at San Jose, you know, their first probably two – playoff matchups if the Golden Knights get that far. They have they have a good top six. Yeah. Everybody has a good top six. But it's that bottom six, that depth scoring that is something San Jose doesn't really have. You know, they went out and got uh, the guy from Detroit whose name escapes me right now. Gustav, nice. Thank nice. you. Nice. Yeah. Uh, I was thinking Nikita Gustav and I'm like, oh, I was thinking that's that too. <laughs> Gustav Nyquist. He wears red <laughs> in the KHL. It makes complete sense. Yeah, but I mean... So if you can get that third line rolling, and if you can get some scoring, and if you can watch Brandon Peary or Alex Tuck or even Cody Eakin, uh, you know he was on a hot streak earlier this year. Yeah. If you can get them going, that's that's going to be a big boost to a team that uh, that can make some that can make some real noise in April and May this year. Yeah, and I think Tuck is obviously going
0: to be the driving force of that line. We know how good he is and what he can become. That goal he scored in Anaheim, Beautiful. I think, is what woke him up. Oh, yeah. Because there was that stretch where I think it was 13 or 14 games where he didn't score a goal, and the minute he was starting he's, away on him. Yeah, it was starting to weigh on him. The minute he scored that goal, though, I just noticed this pep in his step that he hadn't had in the last month and a half.
1: Yeah, and he almost had another one later in that game, yeah. too. He was denied, but, I mean, he played really well in Anaheim, and that was something that he needed. I mean, he had... Mm. You know, he was on pace at one point for, like, 27, 28 goals, yeah, and they just kind of fell off. He's had, like, one yeah. since... Uh, since, like, early February. Yeah, yeah it's, it. it's, it's been a hot minute for him. Yeah. So, yeah, I think getting him going will be huge. And then, you know, fourth line is, you know, just like just about any fourth line in the league. Yeah. They, you know you play strong defensively, and any offense you can get from them is gravy. Yeah,
0: and, and I think and, – and you kind of saw it in these last few games too, Tuck kind of being that playmaker. And, and you saw a couple of passes he made against Calgary. The one to uh, Peary cutting to oh, the net where it was along the boards was ridiculous. It's those kind of plays that – reminds you how good he can be and again he's only 22 23 and he's around for the next six seven years it, it reminds you just how much of a force he can be in the playoffs especially as someone who's aggressive on the forecheck at all times and when you get them like you said when you get that third line going and when you get that forecheck going on that line it it completely changes your dynamic and it completely changes the team dynamic as as far as how deep you're willing to go and how long you're willing to keep those lines out for seven game series yeah
1: I I completely agree Tuck is you know he's 6'4 he's fast he's got every making of a power winger with some speed and some skill it's he's he's gonna be a good player and getting him going again uh you know I wouldn't be surprised if he pops a game-winning goal or two uh in the playoffs yeah so the other x-factor that's been brought up the last week week and a
0: half the possible return of Eric Holla now, oh, that's, na- that's, that's, sti- that's, that's still a ways out, you know, he, he's, uh, Gerard Gallant confirmed that he has resumed skating activities, I think it's a couple times a week that he's been skating, or, or, or somewhere in that time frame, um, has not played since that injury on November 6th in Toronto, obviously Paula coming back is a game changer, but how much do you think, he can he come back, like a few games left well, in the season? And B, that X factor, that you know, that that key player, that can
1: propel Vegas. I mean, that's a good. I mean, it's it's a good question, and I think that if if they didn't, if they thought that there was zero chance that he could play and contribute this year, I don't think he'd be skating. Right. I think that you could wait until the summer. You could do all kinds of other things. But the fact that he is skating, and we saw him in the workout room above practice just today. Yeah. He they think that there's at least a chance he could come back. And that chance would be huge because if you look at that, we were just talking about that third line. Can you imagine the third line now with – you'd probably replace Peary. With Holla. So you've got Eakin, Holla, and Tuck. I mean, that's a second line for a lot of teams and a first line for a couple. Like, that's that's a really good – and it's just – I think, you know, it's not – Hard to forget just how good Eric Holla was last year Mm -hmm. and what he meant to the team, and the fact that he could jump in and he could play center and he could, you know, if they like what Cody Eakin's doing defensively, maybe they, you know, even put him on the wing. Like he's got that versatility, he's got the scoring touch, he's got the playmaking touch. He's 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 a terrific player, and that would be just almost another trade deadline acquisition if they could get. Eric Halla back with a couple of games to get a little bit of a pep in his step so he could get back and get comfortable before the playoffs. That would be just another major boost to a team that seems to be, you know, minus Will Carrier right now and Eric Halla getting healthy at the right time. Yeah. Do you – now, I had this – it was sort of a short conversation I
0: had with Ed Graney the other day about if Halla comes back, does that really throw off chemistry? Because you've got to take a little bit of time for him to get acclimated on the ice – especially if you're trying to get him back in that time frame that you want him in before the playoffs. Is it, is it smart to kind of, you know, it, is it smarter not to expect him to come back given the fact that they haven't played with him for the majority of the year and now come playoff time? Could that be a, a
1: challenge or a risk for Vegas? I, I, don't, I don't think so. Um, I mean, you look, at, you look at Mark Stone, and he jumped right in. Yeah. and looked really good with Stastny and Pacioretty. And Eric Halla. he knows these guys. He played with them last year. He's been around the team. It's not like he's been off at some rehab center. Like, he works out at City National Arena. Yeah. He skates here, he's with. He's around the team, so it's like off the ice, the chemistry's totally fine. And on the ice, they're trying to find something that's working anyway. Mm-hmm. Like, that third line hasn't been clicking, and that's probably where Halla would come back in. So it, it just gives you another option. And if he comes back and he's just clearly not NHL shape and he's just not ready to go, scratch him. Have Piri yeah. in, have Nosek in, have Carpenter in on that third line. But the fact that it just gives you another option. And obviously you would like him to play some regular season games, especially just looking at the standings and being blunt. It's looking like that last week or two of the season isn't going to matter a whole lot. Yeah. So if you can get him in and you can get him back to playing 17, 18 minutes a night, I don't see why it would be anything but a positive. Okay. I I mean, I kind of get what Ed's saying, but, like, you know, you wouldn't want to put him up on, you know, replace Riley Smith on the top line or something like that. But the fact that he'd be on a line that they're trying to make work anyway and trying to find everything to click would be, I, I I don't see how that's a bad thing. Okay. Yeah,
0: I, I i think it could, i think it could go both ways. I think that's also the benefit of not having any roster limits now past yeah, the deadline. Yeah, there there you, is that you don't keep, have to worry about keep it. as many guys yeah, as you want absolutely. on there, and if you, if it doesn't work with Hala, you know, keep them off. And
1: you know, I mean, they scratched back. David Perron last year in the Stanley Cup Finals. Yeah. So clearly, they're gonna they're not worried about who you are. If you're not producing, you're not gonna play. Yeah, that was a big difference. Though David Perron just wasn't playing well. He wasn't. Yeah, up to the yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, no, you're you're absolutely right. And there is. There is things that it's like maybe the excitement of getting Eric Holla back. Oh, yeah. You know, it maybe blinds you a little bit to the thought of, well, he's got to play. Well, if he's not ready to play and he's not producing at a level that Ryan Carpenter or Tomasz Nosek would, then there's no point in having him in. Right. And this is all, of course, still hypothetical. Yeah, we we don't even know. We may not see (laughs) him. And they've been... They've been guarded. All we've heard is that it's you know we've heard it from McPhee a thousand times now that it's a unique injury that you don't see in hockey a lot. But it wasn't an ACL. It wasn't so an ACL. That's, that's that's all we know. That's all we know. But I mean, he's <laughs> off of he's off of a brace now. He was on. I think I saw him on the treadmill today. Um, so he's we'll see. We'll see. It'd be nice to uh, it'd be nice to see him back. It's all a good sign. It, it's it's, all, it's a all a good
0: sign. Sun. Hall a good ah. sign. <laughs> send me to Hallmark. I need I need a job at home. To Hallmark? Yeah. Dude, come on! All right. <laughs> so, um, we we touched on him earlier. Flurry playing well in these last four starts, and I think in February the the talk of him winning the Vesna or being a Vesna finalist kind of dialed down. Yeah, that's not gonna happen. But it, 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 do you think do you think if he plays well in these last you know hypothetically maybe twelve of the last fourteen or eleven of the last fourteen? Because we're assuming Malcolm Subban is going to play the back-to-backs, uh, yeah. the b- class-tooth back-to-backs. So say if Flurry goes on a stretch where he goes, say, 9-2 in, la- in the last 11, hypothetically, and gives up maybe a GAA of maybe 2. Does Flurry? <laughs> it's all hypothetical? Okay, yeah, with like a 9.50 <laughs> save percentage, sure.
1: <laughs>
0: well, clearly I don't know math, so we're going to go with that. <laughs> um, but is, is there a chance that – I mean, it feels like the race is so wide open. But do, For the Mesa? Yeah, I've, I th- I think it's still wide open. There really is no definitive favorite. At least I don't think.
1: No, I mean, I think you're right. I was thinking about that just the other day. Like if you had to have one goalie in the league right now start you a game seven, who do you take? And it really, there's really like There's not really a <laughs> dry answer. Like a couple of years ago, it was Carey Price, and it was you'll take him right. any day of the week. Maybe before that, you like what Jonathan Quick did or Henrik Lundqvist. But uh, geez, and you I take those
0: know. three, and they're not even in the playoff conversation
1: right now. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, good well, lord. Well, I mean, the, the Canadians are hanging. The uh, Canadians are hanging out. Oh, I
0: always forget about Montreal. Yeah. And,
1: <laughs> good lord. But yeah. I mean, back to Fleury. I think that it would it would be very hard for him to work his way back into the Vesna conversation. I think the shutouts and the wins are going to, you know, it is the general managers who vote on this. Yeah. So, and you know, he's well respected and. He's, he's never won a Vesna, and to my... I don't think he's ever been a finalist. I was just going to say, to my knowledge, <laughs> he's never been a finalist. So, I mean, if you... Of course, if you take out the best part of anybody's game, they look worse. But, I mean, if you take out the shutouts, Flurry doesn't really have even a strong Vesna case. Like, he's yeah. sitting at, like, a 9-12 save percentage with a 250-some-odd goals against. Yeah. I mean, you just look at... And you can say what you want about the team in front of him, but a guy like Andre Vasilevsky is sitting over a nine thirty goals or uh, save percentage. Mm. That you know, and he might just be a beneficiary of the Lightning cleaning up all yes. the awards yes. this offseason. Um, but I mean, he's got a he's got a better case in my mind than Fleury does. Um, you know, I think <laughs> the I mean, hot thing. I mean,
0: at least it'd be nice. I think if he's a finalist, I, I think if he gets to ah. be a finalist, I, it'd be tough. But I think that if he at least gets there, there's some sort, i guess you can say—some sort of validation. Obviously, you're not going to win it. I think Vasilevsky, now that you think now that I think about it, just on merit alone,
1: and where the Tampa Bay Lightning are in the standings. Yeah, I mean, it's it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's kind of hard to judge a goalie like that. Like when we were at the beginning of the year, it was John Gibson, and you know right. his his goals against weren't great. And the ducks but that's were just still, because the that's just because the ducks were terrible. And the
0: ducks were still two points out of the second wild card yeah. by mid-January. And that
1: and that's the thing. <laughs> I think the opposite's a little true for Vasilevsky. When you look at like what would Mark Andre Fleury's numbers be like if he if the puck was in <laughs> the opposing right. zone for sixty percent of the game? Um, but uh, yeah, I you know maybe he maybe he's a finalist. But then you also got to sparse what you want to do with the Islanders goalies who are kind of split in time. That it's... You know, Robin Leonard and Thomas Grice are having just fantastic years, and yeah. statistically better than Flurry. So, with fewer games, and I think Flurry's body of work will help him. But I don't know; it could happen, of course. But I just, I just don't see him being legitimately in the Vesna conversation unless, of course, you know, like you said, he yeah. he rolls through the rest of the season. Maybe he works his way, and you know, if Vegas were to go on a run and win the Pacific, maybe you you talk about that. So it, it could happen, but i I'm I'm doubtful. What
0: what percentage would you
1: give Vegas? <laughs> not 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 for the
0: Vegas, leapfrogging to number two. To number two? Not not even just because Calgary and San Jose are still close, and that might be a whole other discussion. Well, San Jose's as, as what, we record
1: as we record this, they are nine games back of San Jose, and San Jose has a game in hand. Yeah. I don't know, ten percent maybe. Ten. Okay. Yeah, I just I just don't see it. I think. San Jose's doing all this and they're separating without Eric Carlson yeah so when he comes back you know they're that much better and it, I mean nine game nine points is is a lot yeah. uh, especially because you know I mean Vegas could win the next two games if San Jose loses their next two in overtime you've only picked up two games, but you're also right re- you 've only also got fourteen games left so to make up those nine points let's say Vegas goes you know ten and four in these last games and yeah gets twenty points in the standings, well, that would mean that San Jose would only need to, you know, get ten points out of these last few games, so they'd have to go like five and eleven or whatever Something to finish like the season. So I just yeah. I just don't see it. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Like they're probably yeah. gonna play San Jose or Calgary in these in the first round of the playoffs. And it's only for home ice at this point, which the Golden Knights clinched against the Kings, the Sharks, and the Jets on the road. Yeah, so, that's true. I'm not sure, like obviously you want home ice, but it's you know, it might tip the scales a little bit in favor of San Jose or Calgary, but it, it is what it is. And the this start of the year and that you know the losing streak that they had had in February is you know it's going to come back to cost them home ice in the playoffs. Probably, but
0: but at least now knowing what this team looks like with sone in the lineup, I think you feel a little bit more confident knowing that if you have to go on the road for the first yes. two rounds, that you have a team that can contend against the likes of San Jose and Calgary and I think it'd be I think it works a lot better into their favor
1: yeah we uh yeah you look at I I I think you're right I think you got to play San Jose or Calgary in the first round probably play them in the second round yeah if you make it to the third round you're looking at probably a Winnipeg or a Nashville and then if you make it to the Stanley Cup like you might have to I mean the road to the Stanley Cup for the Golden Knights is probably going to be opening on the serious yeah. if they were to make it that far. Well I'll tell you what, if they get to the conference
0: final, if they get enough points, they might be able to host that given how many points ahead they are of the Central Division. Because I think it's like eighty two for Nashville, seventy or eighty one for Winnipeg. Yeah. They've got a few games left yeah. in hand. Yeah. So yeah. if so if Vegas can string some points together and say they win the first two rounds, you can host the Western Conference final against Nashville or
1: Winnipeg. I think you're in pretty good shape. Which, wouldn't that be funny if after last year, where they hosted the Pacific playoffs and then went on the road to yes. play Winnipeg, if the opposite was oh, true? Yeah, as we record this right now, Vegas is four points back of Nashville, who is leading the uh, the Central Division. So yeah, you're right. Yeah, that's so a, there's, there's a, a chance, and,
0: and both of those teams right now are kind of
1: yeah, they're hung. not they're not playing. There they're, that there's no separation, right
0: and who knows? St. Louis might make a charge for all we know. Yeah, um, but especially
1: uh, if Bennington's gonna keep playing the way he is, right? Jesus Christ,
0: um. But back to uh, San Jose real quick. Uh, Kevin Kurz from The Athletic just tweeted out that Eric Carlson says he's not going to return anytime soon, but will be back for the start of the playoffs. Not that that's really mattered much for San Jose because they've been finding ways to win without Eric Carlson in yeah. the lineup, but it's definitely been a challenge for them, especially in the defensive end. It's been a struggle for them with the blue line for majority of the season. But they've been able to score goals, which, of course, the name of the game, Put the puck in the back of the net.
1: Yeah, and I've talked with this a lot of, with a lot of people. I think that that San Jose-Calgary game, that race for the top of the Pacific is very important just because, you know, Vegas is starting to find its stride a little bit. And If you finish second, you've got to host Vegas. And, I, and you would much rather host, I guess Minnesota's won seven in a row right now, but I still think that yeah. you'd rather host a Minnesota or a Dallas or an Arizona yeah. than Vegas. So I think winning the Pacific is about most paramount.
0: Absolutely no, I completely. Most paramount, most a, the up, the
1: utmost paramount, the utmost importance. Yes, that works. Yeah, there we go. Uh, for <laughs> uh, for Calgary or San Jose.
0: Yeah, we like to do things live. We keep it live here. You know, we had little kids playing with a ball earlier. In the yeah, night. that's that noise that you heard. Yeah, yeah
1: that was a kid playing with a ball. And, so sorry about and, and that. And the other
0: and the other guy you heard walking around is actually the one of the elevator guys at T Mobile Arena. Great guy. So, shout out to Gregory. Yeah, shout out to Gregory. Um, so. I mean, l- l- let's think about that. Do, if Vegas were to get out of the first round, get out of the second round, get to the conference final, oh. do, do they <laughs> – that, one, that might lock up another Jack Adams for Gerard Golan at this point. <laughs> it might, might, might be more of a case against him this year. But if they were to do that, do they have enough to beat a Nashville, to beat a Winnipeg? Because those two teams, especially Winnipeg this year,
1: have had Vegas' number. And I don't I don't know how you could say that they couldn't because if they get out of the first two rounds, they will have beaten either Calgary or San Jose and probably the other one. Yeah. So at that point, once you're in the conference final, I don't think that there's really, like, I don't think you can really say that Vegas doesn't match up. Like right now, I'd say that you don't want to play Winnipeg or Nashville. Like you're thankful that you're not a wildcard team that's yeah. going to have to play one of them in the first round. Um, but if they will have beaten Calgary and san jose perhaps then sure they could beat winnipeg or nashville and you know i don't think that there's that much of a separation in the league i think that there's like you've got your let's just call them the tampa bay tier and then your next tier of teams are all kind of on the same level like that you know boston toronto in the east winnipeg nashville calgary you know san jose maybe vegas is even a tier maybe even below but if you're gonna if you're gonna be playing at that level and playing that well at the right time then I don't see how you can say that they're overmatched by yeah. anybody.
0: Yeah, that, that's a good point. I think it's just a matter of catching momentum at the right time. And,
1: and they, Yeah, and, and they did they did last year, yeah, obviously. Yeah, last they year. played, you know, Flurry carried them over the Kings, and then it was, okay, well, we can beat the Sharks too. Okay, we can yeah. beat the Jets too. And then, okay, we can beat the Capitals too. And then Game yeah, and, 2 started. Yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah, Game 2 ended, actually. <laughs> well, I blame the Magic Dragons, personally. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I think that it was pre-game they, that cost... I'm just saying Vegas has a Stanley Cup if it weren't for Imagine Dragons, and you can't yes. prove me wrong. No, you are absolutely <laughs> correct. It, it, I, don't, I don't even count Brayden Hopey's stick
0: with two <laughs> minutes left in the third period. If, if Imagine Dragons does not perform on the ice before Game 2 of the Stanley Cup Final, there's a parade going down Las Vegas Boulevard. In, in I'm just Mexico. saying you
1: can't prove that that's not true. That's exactly, that's exactly
0: So, But, of course, now T-Mobile has decided to get away from uh, Thunderstruck, before the game starts, yeah. to now putting Imagine Dragons, which, if they did they've not won, learn their lesson they've by now... They've won five in a row. They've maybe Mark, maybe row.
1: Mark Stone is the
0: anecdote to... An- Mark Stone antidote. is the anecdote to Mark Reynolds. Or Dan Reynolds, I mean. Dan Reynolds. Dan Reynolds. Mark Reynolds is the baseball player who hits, like, 50 home runs yeah, and former di- former Diamondbacks, great. Former
1: Diamondbacks. <laughs> Just got get to the, get the Arizona uh, plug on here.
0: Well, you know what? I was actually going to bring up Arizona to you, because you being you know, the, the Arizona native... Uh, yes. Um, the Coyotes are to me the most intriguing team, and I and I think that's probably not even just me. They are the most
1: intriguing team in this playoff race. Yes. I I I, <laughs> I I agree. And it's I'm an Arizona native. I re, grew up rooting for the Coyotes. I remember their Western Conference final run in 2012. Oh my God. I actually that watched that was the m- last time they made the playoffs.
0: I've watched YouTube videos
1: of it that run the other day. I have never seen an environment that crazy it's crazy it, because like you out. see Arizona on TV and you see that they have trouble filling the building and when the Golden Knights were there it was mostly Vegas I don't know about mostly it was a lot of Vegas fans yeah Arizona is just a fascinating team they've won they had a winning streak snapped I think they had won 6 in a row I think they are up to they've won 8 of 9 and like 11 of 13 or something like that so they're rolling at the right time they're making the Western Conference when we had talked about that wild card race and how bad it was you know (laughs) they've you know, created a little bit of separation. You know, they're they're fighting. They're three points back in Minnesota right now, and I'm holding out for my dream of a, of a uh, desert playoff series. Which oh, I'm man. just saying that right now, if Arizona were to get that last spot, if they could beat Calgary and Vegas can beat which, San Jose, I'm just saying it. Could, which you know They beat what, them last night. They shut them out.
0: Two you, nothing. You know what? People keep saying that Arizona might not go far. But I'll tell you what, they would give one of those
1: two a fight. Dar- I, Dar- you, you want a hot goalie, and yes. Vegas wrote a hot goalie to the Stanley Cup final last year. And turn. of all people to be having a hot goalie right now, Darcy Kemper. Darcy Kemper! <laughs> Darcy Kemper! <laughs> he was the backup. Oh At the start of the year, it was supposed to be Annie Rana. He got hurt. What? Darcy Kemper's playing spectacularly. Their leading goal scorer has like 15 goals.
0: Isn't Calvin Pickard now the backup?
1: I think so. I think he might Good be. He not. hasn't played. No, Kemper's Golden Knights
0: expansion draft legend Calvin Pickard <laughs> is. Like,
1: do you remember a couple years ago when Minnesota got Devin Dubnik and they played him like thirty some odd games in yes. a row? It's kind of what Arizona's doing with Darcy Kemper, right? <laughs> they're riding their hot goalie hand and they're and they, trying to and ride. And They their still first... made the playoffs,
0: and they ran into Dallas in the first round, I believe that. Was, I believe that year was, and they still.
1: Yeah, took them to six
0: games. Minnesota playoff hockey. It's uh, catch it, the field. They'll. Uh, they'll. They'll lift you up and then bring you right back down. That, that's that's <laughs> what I feel about that. But no, Arizona. I just there's the fact that they're so hurt. I think
1: what five they've six lost guys more down. man games to, than any other team. They just got uh, Michael Grabner back, but Derek Stepan is got now out right. for the yeah. ra- at least the rest they've of the lost, season. They've lost. I mean, you look. You just look at it like Derek Stepan, uh, Nick Schmaltz, Andy Rana. <laughs> that's Jason Demers have been hurt and. Yeah. I mean, so you look at it, that's a, that's a second pair defenseman, your top two centers, and your starting goalie. So, I mean, you had mentioned Jack <laughs> Adams. Like, We've kind of all given Rick it to Toc- Barry Trotz, Rick Toc- but Toc- Rick has got to get some love for it, especially like if they make the playoffs. If they make the playoffs. With yeah. all the injuries and everything that they've had to do, they, you got to give him some love. And, and the crazy
0: thing about them is they're not really putting up many points. A lot of it has come from the blue line. You know, OEL is is yeah. OEL, but they're not allowing a lot of,
1: you know, they're not allowing a lot of high-danger chances. They're not allowing Jordan a lot of Jordan has been playing well. He scored against Vegas. Jesus. You know, Brad Richardson had four goals <laughs> Brad the Richardson had
0: four goals. That is still the most mind-boggling thing of this whole run. I think
1: that he had – this year he's going to have a career high in goals. The last time he had a career high in goals, I think it was like – years ago or something oh, like that. It was like, God. it's like the second longest time between career highs and goals. So it's like, that is ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. It's, that's, it's a very strange team. Um, but I mean, ugh, hockey's just weird, man. It, it like that could happen. And it's not that out of the ordinary An expansion team <laughs> going to the Stanley Cup final. is just like,
0: yeah, sure. That happened. And that's the thing though. We were talking about momentum and if Arizona can keep going with this momentum, you saw what? And I think the best example of that is, you know, the Kings' first Stanley Cup run when they were the 8th seed, and they ran a wave of momentum into the playoffs, and they just ran roughshod anybody. Not that I'm saying that Arizona is going to run roughshod on the entire yeah. Western Conference and make this Cup Final, which I, I I hate to say for your home state, I don't know if it would survive
1: the, the mass burning that would happen if they burned it all down <laughs> to the ground. I will say that the team that they remind me of more so than the Kings riding a hot goalie would be, um, like, do you remember the year that the Ottawa Senators had Andrew Hammond in goal and they won oh, all those God. games of the, the Hamburglar year yes. yeah Mark Stone about it I'm sure he's got <laughs> fond memories of it but they oh, wrote it God. and then they just got wasted once the playoffs started um, but I mean just to finish up with Arizona I mean them making the playoffs would be a very very successful season oh that would be ridiculous and,
0: and like I said I don't think we I don't know we- if they would beat Calgary I don't know if they would beat San Jose in a 7 game series but they would give up a fight would, We can we can would. build up this
1: desert hockey rivalry just in time for Arizona move to move to the, to the Central. central. <laughs> yes,
0: perfect. Give it one—the one and Give only us one like
1: great seven-game playoff series with a lot of blood. Game I'd, seven in double overtime, like an just Oliver Eckman Larson, Nate Schmidt fight or oh something. Oh my god! And <laughs> here
0: comes Kemper and Flurry down to center ice. Right. Well, I mean, we Fleury, almost got that Fleury's the other ready, day.
1: Flurry's ready to throw down. We've seen it.
0: Oh my god! He put the gloves down. He was looking at Riddick the other night. I thought he was gonna throw down. I mean, that—that that, oh, jeez. Oh. Uh. uh Is there anything that we haven't touched on that you want to?
1: Uh, You know what? Because we were talking about it before practice started. I think it was before you sat down next to us. And this is the, like, maybe the least important thing when it comes to on ice uh, performance, but I'm really disappointed in the lack of hair on the Golden Knights. (laughs) And I know that you had no idea where I was going when I started that sentence, but I, 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 about, I thought like,
0: you actually had some sort of plausible idea, no, but I'm not I'm actually No, no, legit no, this is curious. This is, now. This is very important. Okay. So
1: like the GMs at their meeting were talking about uh, rules to have like one of the rules that they had suggested was, you know, when your helmet falls off, you immediately mm-hmm. got to go to the bench. Another right. one I think they had brought up like mandatory helmets during warm-ups, which I cannot stress how against that I am. <laughs> <laughs> because you've seen it when the sharks come to town and Eric Carlson's letting it all hang loose yeah. during warm-ups. It is majestic. It is art. And all we have right now, like William Carlson cut, cut his hair, cut his so hair. we've got it's like his, so much wrong yeah, we've got like a B minus flow from Wild Bill here. <laughs> yeah, I I feel very strongly about this. It was a lot better last year, and if we can grow out, maybe for the playoffs it'll be back. But he also doesn't do his warm-ups without a helmet on. We're getting like the people that do are like Derek England, Ryan Reeves. McNab. I have a list in my notebook. It is very important to me, and I'm just saying I want like hair past the shoulders. We're looking at like this big, like where, where we are. We have like this big mural, and it's William Carlson, and his hair is like just kind of down to his neck. I'm just saying, let it grow. All right, that's all. That's, <laughs> what, that's what I needed. That's what I needed to get off my chest. Oh my god.
0: Okay. You you know. Okay. For, for one thing, I don't understand. The idea of needing helmets in warm-ups, because I think I've seen enough warm-ups to where I don't think the only one—I think the only one that should be wearing a, a helmet is the goalie. Unless you think a wild puck is coming from the back and knocking it's you in the head. What's going around
1: and it bounces off the boards and bounces off the pipe and it could happen. But I, yeah, I am, I am, I am against. I'm against helmets and warm-ups. I'm uh, mostly for player safety, but this is one time that if you have your hair that goes down to at least your shoulders, you are not allowed to wear a, a helmet. Because it's its own Thank helmet. Thank you for coming to my TED talk. <laughs> it's,
0: it's so, I was gonna say it, it's its own <laughs> helmet. It's its own helmet. I, I, you know what, I agree with that. Actually, you know what? That makes that reminds me. Stone's extension once, whenever that kicks in. Not yet. Not yet. As of 11:59 a.m., it is not. Nothing's been announced yet. We're, we're probably going to get the... The, the noon? The noon, yeah, literally as I say that. Um, William Carlson. Yeah. Who knows, man? Who knows? I, I mean, that, that situation, I think when I last checked, because the cap is projected to go up to $83 million next year. Yeah. Vegas, before they lock up Stone, I think, and, and I could be wrong, I'm not entirely sure about how it works for long-term guys, so David Clarkson's salary is still... On the books for yeah. like five million dollars. I don't know how that affects the cap, but before Stone, they're at 11 million in space. With I believe 16 players, so there's going to be a lot of uh, a lot of uh, fluctuating in the lineup probably next year. But William Carlson entering restricted free agency again, uh-huh. obviously not the 43 goal scorer that you know would have warranted him a payday last year, but he's still a great 200 foot player, still a really good playmaker. I don't know if we're ever going to see that kind of production from him again, but once they lock up Stone, I mean, what do you think that they can still manage to get a reasonable deal done with Carlson going into July 1? How do you pay him? That, that's that's what, the question, what, right? What is
1: his value? Is he the 43-goal scorer from last year that had 70-something points and was a plus 53 and was, you know, by all accounts, you know, got some Hart Trophy consideration? Right. Or is he the guy this year who's going to finish with 50 points and 25 goals and still plays a strong defensive game, but that is an enormous gap mm-hmm. when it comes
0: to, to a payday. To like payday, he got, I think
1: he's making five and a half against the cap this year. You would have figured that like a natural raise would be seven, mm-hmm. but how do you give him seven million if he's... You know, gonna chip in. You know, fifty points in a strong defensive game. I, yeah. especially when you're already, you know, you're paying. Patcharéti is gonna get seven million next year. So is Fleury. Um, Stasny six five. Stasny six five. Schmidt's extension is kicking in. Alex Tuck's extension is kicking in. Mark Stone's gonna get nine and a half. How do you do it? So yeah. I mean, and even if you come to that number, if they decide, you know, if Carlson and the front office decides, you know, what seven spare over. I don't know how many years if we want to do it I'm I'm guessing honestly it's probably going to be another one year deal and William Carlson's going to be playing in a contract here next year would be my guess but you don't have seven million dollars in the cap even if that's the number you don't have five million in the cap so you're going to have to free up some space and you know Cody Eakin could be a casualty of that Uh, Colin Miller could be a casualty of that Eric Halla. Um, Ryan Reeves, even. Because yep. you're gonna get to the point that every million dollar counts, and if Reeves is making two million against the cap, well, I don't think you can really say that he's production wise a two million dollar player. Right. No. So I- it is it's gonna be tough. And this team, I don't know how you can have I don't see a way that William Carlson, Cody Eakin, and Colin Miller are all on the team next year. And maybe you just decide that there's some team that wants William Carlson and uh, you know it, it's weird to think of trading him but, but if it's a possibility but if you've got uh, Paul Stastny playing on your front line and then you've got Eric Holla playing on the second until maybe Cody Glass is ready to play there there's that too yeah maybe and,
0: and, and it's also hard I think to imagine paying him more than Marshall Sultan Smith
1: yeah and I, I think that, I think that's Smith, the other thing yeah, yeah. I mean he does right now yeah but he also play. I mean He plays center, which neither of those two do. He plays defense in a way better than Marsha Show does. But, I mean, Riley Smith, I mean, you keep tweeting about penalty killing one on one. Riley Smith's a tremendous defensive player. Yes. So I think that even if Carlson finishes out this year and 50 points a year is what you can expect from him, which, by the way, really good. Yeah. Like, you'll take that, especially with his defensive game. I, I, I disagree. I think he is worth more than Marsha Show and Smith. Mm-hmm. But is that a three year deal at seven a pop? Is that a one year deal? Is that a five year deal? Is that an eight year deal? Yeah. I don't I don't know. And that's going to be really hard because there just has never quite been a player like William Carlson that rose from obscurity, a player that nobody outside of Columbus and Anaheim maybe had ever even heard of yeah. to become a superstar last year to now being a good player.
0: Yeah. It's a very tricky situation. And kind of the reason why I bring up William Carlson, and I, and I kind of jotted this down the other day in, one, in my column, but I, there, the idea of Vegas still being in play for the other Carlson. Yeah,
1: Erica, I, think that, I think the Stone I, that, I contract, think, I think, think it has gone. gone.
0: But say you move Carlson, maybe a sign-and-trade, you move Miller and Eakin, I think, is the one guy that if they feel Cody Glass is ready for the NHL game next year, and it'll be hindering on how he does in preseason, but he's more than likely starting in Chicago next year. But you move those three and possibly get out of those cap holds, and then you might have enough to try and get Eric Carlson. And I know the ship has probably sailed because now they got Stone, but just the thought of a Vegas super team. Still feels like
1: it's still in the air. It, but it's, yes, it's It's dimmer. But it's, it's dim now. But in your scenario, you just got rid of two centers. Yeah. And then. And and I think that's also the hope that Glass that leave, plays. Yeah, that mixture. would leave Paul Stasny, Eric Holla, and Pierre Ward Belmar as a free agent. Which they need. So that which, leaves you with only two centers under contract. Yeah. So. Can Gusev play center? I, Gusev, I don't believe so. Because Gusev could be. I think he would
0: have two years left of an entry level, and I was talking to Ken from Sinbin about this. He he mentioned that his entry level wipes out when he turns 28.
1: Yeah, but we so, we also don't know. I mean, Nikita Gusev. Yeah, don't know. He's a 26 year old that's never played in the NHL. Right, and we we thought the same thing with Shipichev and all. Yeah, all that. and and sure, there's a chance that he turns into, you know, Nikita Kucherov, but there's also a chance that he turns into Vadim Shipichev. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and he's and he's probably more talented than Chibichub was, and you just see the numbers that he's putting up in the KHL are tremendous, but you just, yeah. you just don't know. So I don't think you can rely it's on it. Risk. A yeah. so it, it it's a huge And He's a winger. Yeah. So you're losing risk. a lot of center depth if you're going to lose Carlson and Eakin to try to shore up Blue Line, which they have a little bit of depth. They've got it, seven it, guys at the NHL who, all except England, are coming back next year. Yeah. And there's not, you know, it's not out the door that England's gone. And then you've got Nick Haig. You've got Jake Bischoff. You've got Zach Whitecloud. You've got these, deep, you know. You've got these guys, you know, forwards, defensemen. You've, you still have a lot of talent that you haven't brought up yet from the minor leagues. Yeah, that
0: that is true. Um, the only reason why I bring that up is just the thought of San Jose possibly losing in the first round
1: in Vegas, and then and then and Vegas then everything their,
0: and then yeah. everything just blows up, and then Eric Carlson decides he does not want to resign there, and. Then, then you get to the point of, well, he's been hurt a lot this year. Do you want to pay $10, $11 million? Yeah,
1: and that's year? just it. You know, you're going to need $11 million and, you know, If you figure just their cap space right now, even getting rid of you know, Miller and Eakin doesn't give you that cap space. Mm-hmm. So you'd have to then make other moves. I, I just don't think it's the cards for yeah. Vegas. I think yeah. Mark Stone pretty much ate up their superstar money.
0: Yeah, I agree. Uh, but at least it would work well for your hair game.
1: You know what? I, I, I even think thought that would be about perfect. that. Make it happen. Yeah. Do, do, okay. Yeah. Everything I just said. Forget it. And then if you can
0: keep both Carlsons, you you have a story. Yeah. <laughs> You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. All right. Any anything else that maybe of miscellaneous that you that's that's uh, grinding your gears?
1: No, I got the hair thing off of my. Uh, I got the hair
0: thing <laughs> off, off, your off your chest. chest so all I think right. I'm all right. Well. All right. We, Coming up on 50 Minutes, not too bad. Not too bad. All right. Um, Probably have to do this again.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me anytime you want. It's uh, it's fun to talk hockey as always. All right. Thanks for having me, Danny. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. And see you all later. Have a good one.